Welcome to the Housing Matters Podcast, brought to you by the California Association of Realtors and the Center for California Real Estate. Hello, and thank you for joining us for another Housing Matters Podcast. It's your favorite data nerds, back with everything you need to know about the housing market and the economy. My name is Jordan Levine, Chief Economist at CAR, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Oscar Way, our amazing Deputy Chief Economist. Hey, Oscar. Hey, Jordan, we missed you last time. Um, I think you were either on uh, on another call or another meeting, so we missed your uh, very good insights. Thank you so much. Yeah, I definitely wasn't on vacation. I think it was something work-related, but then I go back and listen, and you guys did such a great job. I always fear for my job security when I'm back, but it is good <laughs> just selfishly to be able to kind of talk through all the numbers. This is like my... Um, passion project where I nerd out on the data and the fun part of the job is just talking about what's going on and there's been a lot that's come out since you and Guillermo took the reins last time so I figured we should talk through what's going on with the market data of course mm -hmm. and January's numbers were pretty good so we could talk about sales and prices we can also talk about affordability because that kind of intersection between rates and prices is obviously playing itself out in pocketbook issues for folks. And of course, that's all tied up in what's going on with inflation and mortgage rates and mortgage applications and all of that stuff. And, and so I, I figured we could do the kind of bread and butter and then maybe end just with some more macro kind of stuff and talk about consumers, talk about, um, you know, the, the kind of prospects for recession or not. And, and all of that good stuff just to kind of put a bow on everything. But let's start with the relatively optimistic stuff because, um, and, and thankfully the, the market did what we've kind of been expecting, which is to start turning around as we got into this uh, year and, and we have good hopes for, for the spring home buying season, right? Yeah, we kick off the year with, uh, you know, pretty positive news. Of course, um, we had a bad year last year, at the, especially at the end of last year. So anything that's actually moved a needle up a little bit is positive, and hopefully it stays in that direction. But we did have the January number we came out last week. You know, we were both at the uh, the business meetings last week. You know, when right. it came out, but we kind of expected things to uh, to improve both at the sales level as well as the price level. Even though yeah. when, of course, when we said increase, when I said increase. Uh, we're we're moving up like you know moderately you know three or four or five percent but again that's a good start absolutely yeah and I think you know it's it's important to point out that that December really was the low watermark as far as this cycle goes we were down below two hundred twenty five thousand units we got up to almost two hundred sixty thousand in January on an annualized basis. And that's actually a double digit increase from where we started, um, you know, or where we ended last year rather. And, mm -hmm. and so I think, you know, it's not quite to the 320 that we're forecasting for this year, but it is a pretty significant improvement from those winter lows. And, and actually when you look at the pendings, it looks like we could see um, those numbers stay that high or maybe even go a little bit higher as we get into February, March, and and April. So again, you don't want to kind of throw your back out, patting yourself on the back for having survived. <laughs> but you know, things are definitely moving in in the right direction. And I think, you know, even that minimal decline in rates that we enjoyed kind of January, beginning of February timeframe 
really helped to pump up those those pending numbers. So, you know, I know rates have gone back up recently. We can talk about that in a minute. But, you know, people still want to buy ultimately. Yeah, that's an absolutely that's absolutely true. Of course, people have been holding off. Um, there were some survey that asked, you know, people about whether they want to buy or not. Some people back in mid of last year said they're holding off. They were holding off uh, until interest rates and, of course, prices come down. But then they realized towards the end of the year, another survey came out with the same um, uh, question. And it asked, you know, whether people are holding off again. There are some people ho still holding off, but fewer than yeah. previously projected. So that's the reason why, you know, when you start seeing interest rate going down at the end of last year, you know, we saw, you mentioned, you know, we have a double-digit increase uh, uh, compared to last end of last year. But compared to a year ago, we actually had the first increase in like 30 months, 31 months. Yeah, and actually it was a 6% gain, and that is significant, right? Because rates in January of 2023 hadn't skyrocketed uh, yet. Right. And so mm -hmm. uh, for us to have outperformed that January 2023 number, I think is pretty, pretty solid. And 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 I agree with you that, you know, it probably will continue to inch up maybe in February. Now, March may be a little, you know, flat possibly, but we'll have see, to see how interest rate goes, as you mentioned. But it's a good start. And nevertheless, I think a lot of people realize, OK, well, rates are not going to go back down to three or four. Maybe if it start, you know, settling at around six and a half ish or so, they can only hold off on life changing event for so long, right? Then right. after that, they have to move in. They have to start yeah. moving. But the the problem, of course, uh, is also you know the supply side. But before we talk about the supply side, how did the uh, uh, price actually move? Did it actually go up um, in, uh, in 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 beginning of this year? Well, we're normally in a seasonal lull, right? So January is always a pretty weak month for home prices, um, just because the you know the demand is lower. Inventory tends to be a little bit higher, just on a normal seasonal basis. But if you look on a year-to-year -year basis, right, that we you know are still rising. In fact, it was the seventh month of growth, and I think you know it's interesting. What I did a. a speech a couple of weeks ago in the Inland Empire and Stephen Thomas was there. Many of our members, you know, subscribe to Steve's uh -huh. reports and he has a lot of really great local um, data. But one of the things he he said on the kind of macro front was actually that, you know, the eight, eight and a quarter interest rates were probably ultimately a good thing psychologically, because <laughs> then once we get down to seven, six and a half, um, that starts looking pretty good and people stop comparing it to three <laughs> and start comparing it to eight and a quarter. And I think that's why you've seen those sales go up. But what's what's so interesting is just how much more sensitive is uh, demand, you know, is to these, you know, modest changes in rates relative to the supply. And I think that's why you saw the seventh month in a row of year to year gains is just that it, you know, even little you know, incremental benefits on the interest rate side, bring those buyers right back. And it, right. it doesn't have that same impact on, on inventory. And it's pretty broad based too, right? Because, you know, on the one hand, you could argue that it's, we measure median prices. And so when you sell a lot of high-end homes, that tends to influence just where that middle value is. Um, and we did see the top end, it seems like, tick up a little bit faster than other market segments in January. So a lot of that growth was at the top end. But even, you know, if you look at it county by county or on a per square foot basis, it's 
pretty broad-based game. So it's not just that we sold a bunch of houses in San Francisco and not in Riverside, and that's why the median price went up. There's some of that in there, but really even on, a, again, a, an individual county basis, you're seeing really broad-based growth. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, you know, the number of counties across California, we yeah. had actually 41 counties, you know, that we see uh, seeing an increase on a uh, from a year ago basis. So it, it, it is not just, you know, the major metropolitan area like California, uh, San Francisco or um, L.A., but it's across the board. And the reason why that is the case, and, and you mentioned earlier, uh, there is an imbalance between supply and demand and yeah. supply, even though I think it improved a little bit uh, at the beginning of this year. In fact, you know, we're seeing some uh, first sign that, you know, the active listings, new active listings actually improving, but obviously it's still tight. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, that's kind of one of the differentiating features of this cycle and why I think, you know, we're seeing that prices still, you know, go up is just that, again, even with a little bit of an incremental gain on the interest rate side, it has a big impact on um, those, you know, folks that want to go out and buy, but not as big of an impact on the supply side. That being said, though, I think when I went back and we just processed the new national mortgage database stuff with Mike Falk, uh -huh. our policy economist the other day, and, you know, I think we still have about 15 or even 17% with some of those recent transactions of homeowners that are kind of at or above 5% interest rates. Right. And so for those folks, you know, when rates come down to six and a half percent, they're not quite as locked in as maybe somebody at two and a half or, or 3%. So we did see actually the number of new listings go up and that's the first time we've actually seen an increase in how much came on to the MLS um, last month, I think, was the first time in over a year, about a year and a half even. Um, so so hopefully positive signs that that lock-in effect is thawing just a little bit. But again, we're we're still really depressed even with these recent gains. And I think, you know, the, the tight supply is going to be the norm going forward, which is one of the reasons why our forecast has prices continuing to go up, right? It's not just that they've risen seven months in a row. We think that that imbalance is only going to get worse as rates start to creep down, and that means prices will continue to go go up this year. Yeah, we project uh, we projected that you know prices are going to the statewide median price is going to go up by about you know five or six percent, and mix of sales change meaning higher end uh, homes being. Uh, sold a bit more, of course, is one reason, but the other part of it also is absolutely because of tight supply pushing up home prices. And of course, that's also create you know created some has been creating some uh, affordability issue. And I think you know cost of borrowing being high um, actually push up you know the um, the monthly mortgage payment. And at the end of last year, um, that's when we had our fourth quarter number on housing affordability drop down to. Um, or remaining at the lowest level since 2007. And yeah. obviously that's one of the reasons why, you know, we have been seeing uh, fewer sales. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's one important lens of, you know, people are always saying like, why should I buy right now, right? Or why shouldn't I wait until, you know, 3% interest rates come back to jump into the market? A, I think, you know, the, the, optimism around how much rates are going to come down is overblown. <laughs> I think it's going to be very incremental. We're already talking about, I, you know, you always show me the, the kind of bookmakers odds on what the Fed's going to do. And it looks like the probability of an upcoming rate cut in March has dropped dramatically. And so, A, I don't think 
rates are going to go down that much. But B, you know, when you look at that supply and demand imbalance and how that's been playing out in the housing affordability numbers, affordability still getting worse, even as rates have come down a little bit because those prices keep going up. And when you look at where the forecast has prices going, it, it looks like affordability will only continue to get worse. And so, you know, when people say, why should I buy now? It's like, you know, housing is a long run game. So it's not about timing the market. And I know we get so caught up in daily stock market feeds and all of that stuff, but housing is really about the long term. And, and if you wait, you know, affordability is only going to get worse. Last quarter, we had the mi uh, minimum income required to actually qualify and purchase the median priced home at $222,000 and change, almost $223,000, wow. which is just a huge number. It's the highest number it's ever been, even though we're not quite back to those all-time peak prices. Once you factor in the higher rates, you know, you still got to make more money than ever now to get into the market. And I'm not going to be surprised to see that number continue to go up, right? So it could be 230, 240, 250, and that's not gonna, you know, and that just means fewer and fewer folks are gonna have the opportunity. So for me, the prospects for housing supply, housing affordability only getting worse should be motivators for folks to start reaping those, you know, home ownership benefits. Now we did have a few counties that got a little bit better, but that's only because prices weren't quite growing um, as as much. And I think, you know, again, it's it's uh, it's going to be a challenge for us, not just in housing, right, because we want to obviously mm -hmm. generate more transactions and get people into home ownership. But it's an economic problem, right? When minimal people can afford to live here, it, it becomes hard to grow our economy to find workers. You I just in Monterey, we had a a speaker come in from like a water district and she lives in Monterey and was talking about ag workers and how they can't, you know, afford to pay these ag workers enough because they can't afford to live there because the rents are. And so these farmers are out building housing. And I was like, man, this sounds exactly like the stuff you hear about Apple and Google and Facebook, like building their own corporate housing for their employees too. Right. It's like, you know, the common theme across, you know, it might be the one thing that like, you know, leafy green farmers and tech companies have in common is just how challenging the affordability is and how it crimps their ability to do business too. So I think it's, you know, the good news is that that it's starting to win people over to this idea of building and, and adding more supply. But I think it also speaks to, to the work we have cut out for us moving forward when people just can't afford to rent or buy or anything. So... Yeah, I mean, it's a really tough one. You said earlier that the minimum required income to buy a median price home is over 200000 You know, if you look at, if you try to compare that to the median household income in general for yeah. the population in California, it's less than 100000 You know, it's closer to California. If I remember correctly, it's probably somewhere, you know, below 90000 ish or so. Yeah. That's a state number. Obviously, some areas in the Bay Area could be a little bit higher, but we're looking at a higher minimum qualifying income in the Bay Area also, if that's if you want to compare it at a regional level. So, yeah, you know, it, it's it's really tough. And, you know, uh, we've talked about this before. Yes, interest rate could come down and it probably will come down by the end of this year. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we are also projecting that, you know, prices are going to continue to go up. So, yeah, it's not going to go down enough to cancel out the effects of this right. tight market. Right. So it's going to be a really tough. Um, and of course, 
we have been seeing in the last couple of years or so some encouraging sign on the labor market, wages growing, and that helps. But at the same time, it was also because you know wages growing, also inflation has been you know rising a little bit. I think recently in the last six months or so, we started seeing wages outpace uh, inflation a little bit. Yeah. But it's still probably going to have, we're probably still going to have that housing affordability issue for a long time. It comes down to, again, inflation, right? Yeah. 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 And I mean, housing costs aren't the only area where, you know, consumers are being pinched. So it's it's like everything that you buy, you know, you go to the grocery store and you can't get out of there without spending a hundred bucks, even if you're just getting one or two things and and we have made a lot of progress on inflation that's why i think you know our forecast incorporates some improvement on interest rates we do think that the fed is going to cut this year but it's going to be incremental right like 100 maybe 150 basis points probably best case and so for me i see rates only get down into the low sixes maybe six flat as a best case scenario and i think that's kind of backed up by the recent trends you know we got our latest january inflation number it was three percent three point one percent roughly and you can see um how bad that freaked out the market right that was more than what people thought it was going to be even though it was actually an improvement right it's still creeping down it's just a very incremental improvement stock market freaked out we had a jobs number that was really strong in january that freaked everybody out uh too and and you know you can see especially in in the core numbers just how sticky i think the inflation is going to be that yes we'll continue to move in the right direction no it's not going to happen overnight and i think that flies in the face of a lot of these buyers that think they're going to see you know 100 200 basis point reduction in mortgage rates sometime soon yeah i think you know at the end of last year there were expectations like, okay, well, inflation is going to come down very, very quickly. You know, we're going to see maybe 2.7. Like you said, you know, the expectation earlier this month was 2.9. It came in, yeah, uh, slightly uh, slightly higher at 3.1%. But, you know, it's still trending in uh, the downward directions. It may take a little longer time, but it's far from, you know, where where we were before at 9%. Yeah. So it's still moving in that right direction, but it does, it probably some of the items like shelter costs, for example, you know, yeah. remain a little sticky, you know, yeah. like six percent or so. Of course, I've heard I, I was at a speech yesterday and uh, I mentioned, oh, egg prices have come down. But of course, as everything is relative. If you look yeah. at how it compares to a year ago, yeah, it came down. But compared to like a month ago, uh, it probably went up a little bit. So a lot of people are still. Um, Looking at the CPI, of course, I think consumers in general feel more comfortable now because it has come down to 3%-ish or so, but at the same time, you know, people would like the number to go even further, especially in the financial market. They've been betting on, okay, well, with more, with inflation coming down, maybe the Federal Reserve will actually cut back a little faster. Yeah. But it doesn't look like, you know, that probability is very, very high in upcoming meeting in March yeah, or maybe in May. Yeah, I think it went, you showed me that CME, like the bookmakers odds on what the Fed's going to do. And I think in early January, it was like a majority of people were expecting a 50 basis point cut in March and it dropped to pretty much nobody after the the meeting and the January right. inflation number and the latest jobs report. And you can actually see that both in the... Um, well, 
certainly in the mortgage rate, right? Because over the last kind of um, week or two, we went from like six and two thirds or something like that, 675 on Mortgage News Daily. It's gone back above seven now for a few days in a row. Yeah, 7%. I mean, I, I was hoping that at the beginning of this year that, well, we may actually stay at six and a half and go below that, you know, uh, uh, the end, by the end of the first quarter, maybe the second quarter, we'll see some rate cut. But obviously, uh, we we still expect, you know, some movement, uh, downward movement eventually. Uh, but there there's some fluctuation. Lately, we have, you know, as I guess you said, the new mortgage news daily number shows 7%. I think, uh, the Freddie Mac's number, I didn't look at the number yesterday. I think, I think it's closing in on seven. Yeah, and they've kind of been doing different, like the Freddie Mac number stayed sideways for a long time, even though those daily rates continued to rise. So it'll be interesting to see if those two ever catch up. They're normally right on top of each other, more or less. Yeah, and, and you mentioned about the odds of the Federal Reserve. I think when I last looked at it, uh, even for the May meeting, uh, so a couple of meetings from now, uh, the May meeting, May 1st meeting, uh, there is a, uh, it says, I think, a 60% chance that they will stay with the target, the current target range, which means they're not cutting rate. There's only about 30%, 33% chance that they'll cut rate by maybe about 25 basis point. Oh, That's interesting. Far from what it was before, I think uh, two months ago, uh, yeah. it was generally believed that uh, by then there will be a 75 basis point cut already. Right. So, yeah, that, that's that's really interesting. So we went from a month ago or so thinking that we were going to um, have two rate cuts by May to now thinking that we're not even going to see one until summertime. So that is like, I think, you know, kind of speaks to just how this inflation is going to be sticky. Labor market's still very tight. Mm -hmm. The gains on the interest rate side are going to only be incremental. And that's actually eaten into some of this rebound, right? We saw again when yeah. rates were down at six and two thirds surge in mortgage apps, surge in pending sales and all that stuff. But now you're seeing those mortgage apps start to reverse course a little bit over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I know I know we have been seeing pending sales and we said that earlier, pending sales actually show an increase. Uh, but mortgage applications started seeing a little bit of softness, I think on a month to month or the week to week to basis. Yeah. We saw a 10% decrease uh, in the mortgage, mortgage application for the week ending February 16th. Now that's of course still early to say whether things are going to turn out to be, um, you know, a positive for February because we still have maybe about a week or two, but it does look like at least going into, I think February is going to be fine. March probably will see a little bit of softness compared to a year ago because of this sudden increase uh, in, uh, in interest rates. Um, and, and of course, compared to a year ago, we're still a little weak. You know, yeah. we are still at safe to say, I think we can say by uh, uh, when we report the March number, we'll probably will still be below that 300, 300 benchmark or threshold yeah. for sales. But maybe, maybe I'm just hoping that maybe we'll see um, a slight increase, maybe one or two percent. But, you know, looking at those mortgage applications, it might take a little longer for us to get there. Yeah, it's going to be a, a slow burn, I think. But I, I do think, you know, it's all psychological, right? Because nothing sure. has really changed. Even though the market's freaked out about the latest inflation numbers and the Fed meeting and all of that stuff, it's pretty much been taken along the way that we said. But, you know, modest improvements, very um, light action by the Fed this year, but some probably, but maybe not till the second half and all of that stuff. And I think that's 
ultimately what we're still seeing. So I think this volatility is like people are getting out over their skis a little bit and they try and be a little too optimistic and then they're upset or disappointed. So I think it's just kind of bumps along the road on that same path that we've been headed down. And of course, you know, it all kind of hinges on the broader economy and consumers, you know, continue to punch above their weight. I know we'll talk about retail sales, but if you just take their temperature, consumers still feel great and they're still you know, spending money, driving the economy forward, keeping those labor markets tight by going out to the bars and restaurants and hotels and service sector and all that stuff. And and you see it in the consumer confidence stuff, right? They're feeling good. They are feeling very good, actually. I think, uh, you know, other than interest rates being a little high for people yeah. who want to buy a home, I mean, consumers are looking at the inflation in general. They're thinking, well, 3%, I can accept that for now. I'm hoping that, you know, things will actually get a little bit better. And as you mentioned, your consumer confidence is one thing. Of course, consumer sentiment, all those different measures suggest that, you know, they are feeling a little bit, be a little bit better. Part of it yeah. could be because of what we said earlier, wage growth is a little bit higher than inflation, um, even though some of the uh, items like eggs might have increased in price, but if you look at gas prices, gas prices are still uh, lower than before. Um, and some of the other things like major um, major appliances, those might have come down also. And people still have their jobs. You said a job, the job growth number, a job opening number was pretty uh, uh, stunning. It was a pretty good number. So, yeah. you know, they're feeling a little bit better. Yeah, no. And I think, you know, that's that's ultimately the kind of a positive, right? We want the economy growing and people feeling good and things like that. But the concern is just that, you know, it's going to keep the pressure on the Fed or, or, you know, keep those labor markets tight and that inflation number come down only very um, incrementally. And I think that does start to take its toll. And I know we've talked about this for months and months already, but, um, you know, the, the credit card debt and things like that are... I, I would say, and, and looking increasingly um, problematic, and, and that might be starting to tell, even though people feel good psychologically, right, when you look at actual spending, um, we could see that starting, the initial signs of moderation there, and that would kind of materialize in that slower economic growth number that we're forecasting. Yeah, I mean, it's too positive for, you know, some of the consumer spending in uh, retail sales numbers in, at the beginning of this year. But it looks like things are actually slowing down a little bit. Um, yeah. It's still positive, but uh, you mentioned earlier, you just mentioned, you know, a few minutes ago, that those credit card debts, you know, yeah. those bills, um, they have to be paid at some point. And so people are slowly cutting back. Um, we're seeing maybe a slighter decline and a slight decline in certain things. Um, but of course, uh, as far as restaurants, people going still maybe still going to restaurants, we still have about 0.6% increase from, you know, last year. It's, of course, that's a small number compared to what we saw in the last uh, few months, maybe 4 right. or 5% in the last few months. But it's still a positive number. Um, and um, even though, you know, we are seeing some decline in maybe auto sales, maybe even gas prices, gas, gas station sales, gas station sales may have something to do with gas prices coming down. But, you know, there are still a few, uh, still few, uh, few bright sport spots, like I said, you know, food services and drinking places. Yeah, definitely. We all still like going out to eat and, uh, and that is showing up in the numbers. But I think, you know, this is kind of the start of what we were expecting to see right. is just that 
consumers, not deep retrenchment, right? But just not continuing to go out and buy more and more new cars and keep stepping up that level of spending. Just kind of a, a pause and catch your breath and take it a little bit easier. Maybe some of the belts are a little bit tighter, but ultimately the economy is still pretty strong and stronger, I think, than many people expected to see it at this point. But we do see that kind of moderation being on track for later this year as, you know, just again, people kind of stop and, and catch their breath. And I think ultimately, if you put all of this stuff together, I'm still feeling pretty confident in our forecast and economy that's still going to be growing, but just much more slowly than it has up to this point as consumers take a step back, inflation that continues to improve, but again, very slowly, meaning only incremental improvements on mortgage rates and probably ongoing imbalance between supply and demand, aka rising prices this year. So, you know, in general, you know, percentages aside, I think that same story is still more or less uh, on track. Of course, we're monitoring this and nerding out on every spreadsheet that we can get our hands on every single day. So if something happens that derails that outlook, we will certainly <laughs> let you know. But I think that's a pretty good roundup of what's gone down over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 we we do update you know people on a regular basis, and that's why we have that uh, weekly market minutes. True. And uh, we add our insights every um, uh, every week or so. Hopefully, they'll add more colored on an ongoing basis. Uh, and uh, but you know, and in general, I think we're still on track with uh, what you forecasted back in uh, October. Maybe yeah. the degree, maybe a slight, a slightly difference, like the economy growing not as fast, and uh, the market is has to be picking. Well, probably start picking up later this year instead of right on the beginning of yeah. the year. But I think we're still on track. Yeah, more or less. And actually, you know, I think we probably do a terrible job of marketing ourselves, but you mentioned the weekly market <laughs> minute. So we put out a weekly infographic and a write-up of all the data releases that we thought were important of the week, including what happened and why it matters and all of that stuff. We also have um, a lot of good stuff on infographic where you can get city by city you know, data and things like that, and dashboards. And actually, Oscar's been putting out a ton of great video content on the CAR Instagram. So if you're not following that, you should jump on those. They're meant to be shareable and kind of um, translating things into, into language that consumers can, you know, that resonates with your clients, your buyers and sellers and renters out there. So uh, make a better point of, of putting all the great works that our team does. We work with like an amazing team of researchers. You got to meet Guillermo, I think, on the last one and of course oscar is a fan favorite but uh we have a, a great team putting out a ton of good stuff more than we could ever cover here so i invite you to go check it out on the website or email me or oscar and bug us for whatever you need we're always looking to develop new products too but uh we'll leave you there shameless self-plug at the <laughs> end and say thank you so much um for your time we hope this was helpful and we'll see you on the next one see you next time